All right, we'll see how I do sitting down here. I'm, I, I feel very awkward, quite frankly, sitting down trying to speak to you, but um, we'll give it a go. Um, so we're going to be in Romans chapter 12 today, and if you have your Bibles, I really do want to encourage you. We, we live in really perilous times, and it is so important that you're in God's Word and that you're, you find the grounding. Um, the media is not going to give you the grounding. Um, the Word of God is going to give you the grounding, right? The Word of God is going to give you the instruction. And um, I, I really also challenge you, how much time are you on Instagram, TikTok, social media, Netflix, and so forth? Before you go on those things, I would encourage you, please be in your, the Word of God. As I said, that is going to nourish your soul. That is going to give you instruction. Yes, we are here as your pastors to help you understand what God's word says and to guide you into the times that the spirit is speaking to us, but you also need to nurture and feed yourselves. So Romans chapter 12, there's, there's kind of th three things that are going on here. Um, you're going to be talking about one is how to live. Um, number two is like, how are we to uh, live in it as it relates to the gifts that God's given you? How do you use that for others? Then we're going to really talk about what is the mark of a true Christian. And, um, and so we're just going to talk about those three things. I think they're critical. And I think so many people have, have this question, like, am I measuring up, right? Am I measuring up to being who God has asked me to be? And, um, and, and by the way, we know that there's nothing that we can do that makes us holy, right? It's only by through Jesus Christ. Victoria talked about that um, last week. But but it doesn't mean that we just sit back and then, then God says, okay, just live your life how you want. It really is, no, you still live with intentionality, you live with purpose, and you live by the design that God has designed you in. So if you have your Bibles or if you have the nap or something on your device, we'll look at Romans chapter 12, um, starting in verse 1. Here's what it says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, and I'm going to say sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. We're going to start there as present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? Well, again, remember, you have to, you have to understand the context, even though he's, he's writing to a lot of the Gentiles or some Jews in the mix of that church as well. And the Jewish tradition was that they had to have Animal sacrificed an atonement, right? They take the place of their sin to make, be right with God. Here, Paul is reframing that and he's saying, actually, you're not to do a sacrifice. You're to be a sacrifice. You're to live in a sacrificial way. And what does that mean? We're going to unpack that today. We're going to unpack that today. Living as a sacrifice before God. So in other words, we're not going to live for ourselves. We're going to live for Jesus, which many times, what does that mean? If we're living for Jesus, that means that it's going to feel like a sacrifice because our flesh and our preference and our selfishness wants to live a certain way. And Jesus is telling us that's not the way to live. All right, here we go. Um, he says, this is our spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I hear this so many times. I just wish I knew what the will of God was, right? We've all been there. Like if God could just 
the finger in the sky and actually write it out for me. Or if God could actually write an actual letter and just mysteriously show up in my mailbox, just telling me what his will is, right? I would love that. But he says, this is the way to find out God's will. Don't be conformed to the patterns or to the ways of the world. Our world, and this is why I'm telling you, you, you want to spend time watching movies and, and being consumed media, and all that does is depict the world. But if you want your mind to be transformed to understand what God is up to, what he is wanting of your life, what is going on in the world, that means you have to do it by being in God's word and spending time with him. That's a transformation of your mind. Now, the interesting thing also is this idea, don't be conformed to the world. And, and I, I just want to do one little caveat. I've gotten calls all week from parents who are concerned about their kids going to college. There are some parents who are not prepared and not uh, ready for their kids to be vaccinated. And I, by the way, this whole idea of vaccination or no vaccination, that is a personal preference by you. And it, what's happening, though, it is dividing our country. And, and so when we're saying don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, the world will divide. Our country wants to divide over everything today. And he's saying, no, we, we need to instead be focused on the things which God cares about. And he cares about unity and especially in the church, right? So don't let these issues start to divide because you know what? There will be some who have a preference say, and it's rightfully so that they're at risk to get a vaccine. There's others who would say, you know what? That's not for me, and I'm uncomfortable with that, and that's okay too. But, but if, if that's the world's pattern of dividing enters the church, we have lost. Instead, we need to protect the unity. We need to understand, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? And listen to him. Uh, also, the other one is nurses, right? I've got a call from nurses. Like, they're mandating it. What do I do? And, um, and again, it's, it's really hard, it's really hard, but, but, I, but they are feeling this friction of somehow this is dividing us. And I want to let you know that this is a place, a safe place. Whether you got the vaccine, didn't get the vaccine, that's not going to be a dividing factor for us here at Grace Capital Church. It's going to be a place where everybody has personal preference, makes a decision of their best education on that, and we're not going to allow the things of the world to begin to divide the church. Yeah, we can, like, we can talk about that. We can... Pray, we can more and more, the church needs to be act distinctly than the world. More and more, people are saying, is your God real? Is Jesus real? And, and the way that the church handles some of these things, the way the church loves each other and serves each other will become the distinct thing. Well, actually, here we go. That's what Paul is talking about. He does want us to live distinctly, but he also says, I've given you gifts. So in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, um, is titled in my Bible, Gifts of Grace, says this. For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of themselves more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, humility, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For the members do not have their own same function. Talking about the members of the body, meaning Every person who belongs to a church community, members of the body under Jesus Christ, says this. And the members do not all have their same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ 
and individually members of one another, having gifts that um, differ according to the grace that has been given us. Let us use them. Let us use them. This is not sit back and be idle. He says, let us use them to, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes or gives in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, the one who acts of mercy with cheerfulness. All right, so here Paul is saying, okay, so we are to live distinct, we are to live for Jesus, but then there's something that we should do. We know God's will by not being conformed to the world, but then he's saying, how do we live together? We live together by realizing that each one of you has been given a unique and special gift. It was uh, kind of uh, interesting, it was kind of being played out a little bit in my mind uh, yesterday. Uh, we had in Gilmington, the town I live in, we had the 100 and I think I'm right, 123rd annual old home day where we have beans baked in the ground, right? Old timers stuff, right? And we meet in the, the old um, church in town, the old meeting place, and the community comes out. But to pull this off, you had to have the community men and the fire department help lower the beans in the hole. Uh, the, the day before, you had to have people who baked pies and brought them there. You had servers who were serving the tables that day. You had people who were setting up and cleaning up and you had somebody, people leading. And everybody says, let them lead and we don't need too many cooks in the kitchen, <laughs> right? And, uh, but, but it began to say for that event to take place, it kind of was like, yes, it was just a community of people, but everybody had their part to play to make this a really fun, wonderful event. And it made me think about the church and realizing that we've got greeters and we have kids ministry. By the way, if you have a desire and you've got a teaching gift to be in our kids ministry, we're in a cycle right now that we are really slim in our ministries and for kids ministries, and yet we're growing so rapidly. If you've got kids, that's why they're meeting in the gym today, because they can't be contained in those rooms anymore. And so, um, but Carrie is saying, Lord, we need teachers. We need people to step up. So if God's putting that in your heart, reach out to Carrie, reach out to myself, and great opportunity. But we've got people learning our sound system. We've got people on cameras. We've got people in the cafe. We've got people who are making popcorn today for you for fun days of summer. All right, there I, oh, I let the cat out of the bag. I told you what it was, the secret. We got our worship team here to bring us into God's presence. We've got uh, yards crew people. We've got people, you know, just, but that's what the family does. Now, I also want to admit something. I, I've really struggled. I know so many of you here today, it's like, well, I'm not doing anything. And I know you want to do something, and I've, I personally have struggled to find out how to engage you appropriately. Not appropriately. There's always room, but sometimes it's hard. And I know sometimes you've been frustrated. They said, pick me, and then it, the follow-through is not always there. So first of all, if it, I've ever done that, I want to say sorry to you on that. But number two, I also want to say that be persistent. Don't just say they don't need me. We need everybody to have a gift that God has given them. Service, giving. Well, that's the other thing. You guys generously give. So much so, we don't actually take a collection 
every Sunday because you guys know about tithing. You guys know about giving generously to the Lord and you just automatically do it. And our bills are paid every month and God has been gracious because of your faithfulness, your acts of service. Then it says, by the, by the faith that you've been given though. What that means is you begin to realize that God has given you a gift and you start executing that gift, right? Our prayer team at the end, when they're praying for healing, it's not like they're kind of like some conjuring something up. It's just like they believe that God still heals today and they're willing to pray for healing. So that's the measure of the faith that they have that God will use them in those ways. Service, leadership, mercy, prophecy. So again, the beauty of this church congregation is one, you guys are loving each other. You're serving each other. And I want to say you guys watching online, I know many of you watch for months before you bother stepping foot in the church building. I want to invite you into this community, into this church building, because you are a part of things and you'll realize that you have a part to play. So I want to brag on you. I often brag on you because this is an incredible church. And you guys are walking out the things that the Apostle Paul is really challenging this church in Rome to do. So thank you. But then he, here he goes on um, with marks of the true Christian. Marks of the true Christian. How many people want to know if you're a true Christian? <laughs> That's kind of a, a, a no-brainer question, right? I think we'd want to know, are, am I a true Christian? Well, we're gonna, Paul's going to tell us. Here we go. First part, he says, a mark of a true Christian. Let love be genuine. Genuinely love one another. And again, I, that's what I love about this church. And this is actually, be honest with you, why I hid out from you before service began. Because as I was in public, everybody was asking me, how's your foot? Can I pray for you? I was like, I am going to tell this story a hundred times today. <laughs> I said, I'll hide out and then I'll just tell them once. <laughs> But your love for each other and your care for each other is incredible. I, go, I look around and I see people praying for each other. I see people genuinely caring for one another. But here's the other part of it. It's not just love. Then it says, abhor or hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I, I think this is an interesting one. Uh, we, we're not a culture of honor very much. Actually, if you watch the news, we, we don't even call our presidents by President Biden or you know, President Trump, our former president. We just call them Biden or Trump, right? There's something that is going on in our culture that is beginning to erode away this whole idea of honoring one another. But do you realize as Christians, though, that we... Every, all human beings are, but even more so as Christians to realize this, that we are all made in God's image. The Bible tells us this. That's why I love, where's, where's Nate? Nate, can you stand up for me? Nate Therian, is he around here somewhere? No, he's in the back. Yeah, come on, come on up here for a second, Nate. Come on up here. All right. Nate has been waiting for this time. He didn't know I was going to call you up. But what, one of my best friends... Truly, is Mr. Nate right here. And he said, and, and sometimes he says I'm cool. Am I right? Am I... Well, I'm not too cool. Oh, you're not too cool. I says you're cooler than I am, though. I know, I know. Okay, he knows he's cooler than I am. But anyways, 
One of the things, Nate is a part of our men's group. He was part of our life group um, when I was doing life group with a, uh, doing what, oh, I can't remember which one it was, but Nate was always a part of it. And I saw the spirit of God work in his life. And it's so beautiful to see. And you realize when, when everybody is That's made. He's cool. God's cool. God's cool. And, and when you realize that everybody is made in God's image, you treat everybody with honor, right? So, so having Nate come up here, which he kept asking me every week, hey, Mark, can I come up and preach? And he loves to preach, by the way. He loves to tell you about Jesus. Is Jesus cool? He's all right. He's all right. Um, <laughs> So I just want to let you know that this is what this church does, though. It, it cares for everybody. It cares for people who are strugg struggling in, in their, let's say, sexual identity. It cares for people who are struggling in their marriages. It cares for people who have made mistakes. It cares for people who, you know, might look differently than us. But yet we honor one another because the spirit of Christ lives in each person. So you treat them with greatest honor. Okay. Thank you, Nate. All right, buddy. See ya. And your mom's not even here, Nate, to, to show that you were up here. She'll watch online though, right? She's going to Cape Cod. She's Cape Cod. Okay. All right. She'll be watching though. All right, Nate. Love you, buddy. All right. So, so this idea of honoring one another is so important. And everybody is so valuable. Everybody. And I would then say, it starts with the understanding as Christians, as followers of Jesus. Why? Because we have that understanding. But then it goes into those who are not Christians, people of the world that we disagree with, people of the world that we actually despise, we are still to honor them. We're going to get that in Romans chapter 13 um, next week. Um, but... Paul begins to tell us a little bit about that as well. So then he goes on to this, the way that we treat each other, to honor, showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Uh, sometimes we don't like tribulation. Sometimes we don't think as Christians we should experience tribulation. We are not exempt from that. And I'm also thinking about our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan who are in the middle of tribulation. You know, sometimes we think we have it bad, and then you just think about what's going on over there, and we realize, wow, we have a lot to be thankful for. Patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And that's why I love your generosity to our transformation grant or our mission Sunday as well because that goes directly to the people who, who are in need and showing hospitality. Some of you guys have the gift of hospitality, amazing, but you're just a hospitable church. All right, verse 14. This is where it gets difficult, but mark of a Christian. Here we go, a true Christian. Bless those who persecute you. Bless, do not curse them. See, our flesh wants to curse them. People who are like, hey, we're mistreated at work. Hey, we didn't get the promotion we needed to. Hey, our spouse is not treating us well. Hey, we're fighting with this person. Or hey, this person just ripped me off. And he's saying, bless those who persecute you and don't curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. 
live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. You know, we, we love to eye for an eye kind of way. We'll get them back. They deserve it. When maybe we didn't get them back, but somebody does, we secretly rejoice. And Paul is telling us, no, that, that, that's not actually the way we're supposed to be living. I think the interesting thing is, you know, he's really talking about don't get too high on yourself either. I think as Christians, that we've been known for that, right? We get kind of pious in our thinking and we come almost elevated like, well, we have the truth, you don't. We know what's right, you don't, I'm sorry. And honestly, that's not what God is looking for. He's looking for people who are just really humble, who really genuinely love each other. When he's saying that, um, that we are to... Where is it? It has to do with compassion. Oh yeah, associate with the lowly. Don't be haughty. Um, oh yeah, weep with those who weep. This idea of compassion and empathy, I think it's really hard to have. If you've been around anybody who's narcissistic, you understand what that is, right? Narcissists only think about themselves. They're pretty arrogant um, and Deep down, we all have the tendency to be a little bit thinking about ourselves more than we should. And here he's saying, no, but, but empathy and compassion weeps with those who weep and are, is willing to come humbly and spend time with somebody who might be going through a difficult time. That's the mark of a true Christian. Verse 19, it says, Beloved, Oh, then verse, I think I want to re repeat verse 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Actually, I didn't get that one yet. Live peaceably with all. Live at peace with each other. You start getting in your family and start getting maybe um, in your life groups or maybe in your work that all of a sudden you start getting um, division and tension and Maybe they disagree with your, your ideas on politics or your ideas on something and you start feeling the tension and the bickering. And remember, a mark of a true Christian is one who is trying to live peace, peaceably with all. So, so be a peacemaker and like, don't stir the pot. <laughs> don't stir the pot. It's easy to stir the pot today, isn't it? It's easy to disagree with somebody because... There are so many extreme thoughts out there. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So just in case you're wondering, like somebody's getting off the hook, don't worry. <laughs> God's got it under control. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, let him uh, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay, so this, this verse, heaping coals, we're going to finish up with this thought here. Uh, heaping coals on your um, enemy's head. When we do something good, like we serve them, love them, you know, they want to be mean to us, we offer some food to them, we're hospitable to them. You kind of think like heaping coals on them is like, sure, I'll burn you, <laughs> right? But in the reality, there's, there's a couple thoughts on this. One, there was an old um, Egyptian tradition that when somebody came repentant or contrite, the person would walk around um, with a tin can or a can of hot coals on their head. It's almost like a, 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 a symbol of just saying their, their mind is being refined. You also remember um, there's another imagery where um, uh, the cherubim took a hot coal out of the fire and somewhere in the Old Testament, I forget where it was, but Paul, who is actually writing this, is actually um, quoting something that is in um, Proverbs about hot coals on their head. So he might be also picking up imagery of, of when, the, when the cherubim took a tongs and took a hot coal and put it on the person's mouth and basically purified what it is that was coming out of his mouth. We also know the Holy Spirit is a refiner's fire, right? When we come before the Lord and the Holy Spirit begins to refine us, he burns out of us the things that are not godly. And so what he's saying here is when you serve somebody, when you do goods to your enemy, it's almost like they come, they, your heart is that they would come to repentance. That they would come to this place of saying, you know what, that, that, that is so unordinary that that person would treat me that way. That there must be something true to their God. There must be something true to who this Jesus is. And that's the heart that we should have for all people, even people who mistreat us. I'm not saying to be a doormat, but I'm saying there's a level of intentionality of guarding your heart to stop thinking I'm going to repay the evil for the person that has done evil to me. But there's a heart of compassion to say, I hope that my actions somehow win that person over. But by no means am I suggesting that you need to stay in an abusive relationship. By no means am I suggesting that you need to keep taking it. But what I am saying is with proper boundaries, you love the person with hopes that they will change by your actions towards them. This is why he says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, he's always chasing our heart, God is. And Paul himself realizes this. And so he is saying, Guard your heart. Remember that verse. Guard your heart above all things because from it flows the wellspring of life. It flows the Holy Spirit. Guard your heart. And so I want to be an encouragement to you. One, I'm bragging on you as a church. You carry a lot of these marks. But number two, allow the Holy Spirit who is alive and active here today convict your heart of saying, you know what? There's an area that I probably could work on. And for those of you who have held on with bitterness because somebody has mistreated you, 
and your heart is cold and hard, I want to give you permission to let it go and trust God that he's got this. And allow yourself to begin to envision an opportunity where you can actually bless the person that brought hardship in your life. I know right now I'm saying that to some of you have been really hurt by somebody and you're like, there is no way that that will ever take place. And I just say, would you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life? Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Trust him. The last thing I just want to encourage you with, we started with do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Do not be conformed to the ways of this world. This world is disastrous right now. It is chaotic. It is continuing to unravel quickly, but there's not to be fear, but to have the confidence to navigate this with, with great peace and great assurance is you need to be connected to Jesus on a daily basis. This world needs hope, and the hope is found in Jesus Christ, which is seen through you. The mark of a true Christian. Maybe go back and review that. Maybe re-watch this message. We have study notes that will be produced by the end of today. You, you know who, he does, who does that now, right? Peter Mahegan does our study notes for us, so thank you, Peter. I know you're watching right now. But maybe to be re-challenged and refreshed in that. All right? You're good? I want to let you know how much I love you guys. You're an amazing church. And I see what God is doing in each and every one of you. And I'm so proud of you. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to shape you and mold you. Because this world needs more hope. It needs more light. And it needs more evidence of the true nature of who God is through Jesus Christ. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.